Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the literary briefs edition. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today, fighting with her dog, is C.R. Rice. She's amazing, but she is fighting with her dog right now. And our amazing guest is Joyce A. Miller. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking because I'm going to do this again. Okay. Um, we, oh, our sponsor today is Skunk Brothers Spirits, DWA10. It's the coupon code. Check them out, skunkbrotherspirits.com. Amazing distillery in Washington. But we have another sponsor that's coming in soon. Not exactly soon where, but I'm just showing off my glass from them, but I'm not going to mention them until they actually <laughs> have it. But they may be creating the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse brews. Oh, yes. four yeah. new ones. That's one is exciting. actually in a, perhaps is in a fermenter. Perhaps. We just got to get them bottled and labels. There's the whole thing. Yes. Anyway, super exciting. Okay. CR. <laughs> oh, I just glazed over what I was drinking and was excited yeah. about the glass <laughs> instead of, oh, go ahead, drink along. Anything apparently will do currently <laughs> for me. No, I am drinking Angry Orchard Heart Cider Unfiltered. Because it's not as sweet as the other ones. And, you know, it has less calories. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know, it only has 15 grams of carbs. That, that is, is not so bad much. for a, spite, a cider. So much. What? That is so high. Not for a cider. The other ones I are know, like I know, but like grams. just in general, like you're not actually. I'm sorry. I'd like you to repeat what you're drinking right now. And we can talk about carbs. <laughs> okay. Boom. Dude, I use low sugar or no sugar. My stuff is all rigged to maximize taste without any calories. So I am doing homemade lemonade, which I actually legitimately made by myself. Squished up some raspberries in there. And then I did a lot of vodka in it because it just adds that little tang that you need. And it's amazing. I feel like it's going to be a four horseman drink. I don't know which one, but I Ooh. feel like it should be a four horseman drink. Ooh. I feel like it's more because drink? it looks very 
We don't. We don't have more. Remember, I did that really weird. You did a horrible war drink. I think you should use that as war. Because it's I mean, got it the strawberries, which is going to make it look bloody. So <laughs> Yes. I mean, raspberries. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. We are so on a tangent already. <laughs> Only had a couple ciders. Joyce, what are... Your husband gave you a bottle. My what husband are we gave, me, they gave me a bottle of wine, which is Rivers Marie Pinot Noir 2020, which um, he actually has to be on their mailing list to get this wine. They only, they only bottle so much of it. And then they say, we bottled this many bottles. How many do you want? And he can have, you know, two or four or six. He can't have much more than that. And um, so he buys it and... He keeps it in a case and I'm not allowed to touch it and I have to get it every once in a while. Wow, but this was an occasion worthy of him coughing <laughs> up a bottle of wine. Right? That's what we that's what I'm saying. Wow. It's cause, it's I'm gonna cheers awesome. to that shit because man cheers. podcast <laughs> worthy of an epic bottle of wine. Epic bottle of wine. Okay, yeah. rapid fire questions. Mm. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. I, I I wonder, did you write a note down of your questions or no, you were good? Okay. I just, somebody said they wrote a note one time. Do you remember when somebody was like, I wrote yes, down the question? They, yeah. They went through one of the podcasts and wrote down the questions so that they could prepare their answers. But then we asked none of those questions. You asked all different ones. Yeah. Don't tell <laughs> us that you wrote down the questions because okay. we're going to just ask different questions. Just ask away. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? My, um, my favorite book I'm going to say is from when I was a little kid, which was when my writing, um, love of writing started. And it was the little house on the prairie. That's a good book. And I, loved I did not it. like that book. All of them. I loved them all. I couldn't wait to go to the library and get the next one. And, um, yeah. CR, did you I, read Nancy Drew? Like I read all the I Nancy Drews, the Hardy Nancy Boys. Drew. And, no. So it, I was the Judy B. Jones generation when I was in kindergarten. Like that's what I was reading. And then I went to Nancy Drew and I read the Hardy Boys and yeah. I did all of those. The Little House on the Prairie was so dry for me. I wanted to be her. I want I wanted to go out on the prairie and live in a log cabin and and now I live in a city. <laughs> and, and and then you actually go stay in a log cabin like she did. And you're like, this is a terrible plan. I don't want to do this. Why, why did I ever think I wanted yeah, to Yeah, like this, this is very <laughs> over glamorized in the book. <laughs> you get a scratch and you die. Like, what is appealing about that? You yeah, like really. I don't I don't understand that. That is just it's never been my thing, but it was so dry for me. But I did try to read it when I was like eight, nine years old, and it was just it was and I never went back. Okay. Well, it's a good thing this is not your question then. <laughs> it is. Um, so <laughs> what is your least favorite book? What is a book that you were like, this is not good? This is not good. Well, I I when I when I retired and moved to Richmond, where, where I live now in the city, I joined a book club and um, they read all different genres and they try to broaden our horizons and we discuss. And last year they picked this book. What was it called? Um, I think Hidden, Hidden Valley Road, I think it was called. 
It was nonfiction. It was about this military family and they had 12 kids and six, 10 boys, two girls, six of the boys developed schizophrenia and they knew that and they kept having kids. And then the one of the boys assaulted one of the girls and the parents thought, you know, the girl was making it up or, you know, I hated that book. I hated it. It sounds like a terrible, terrible book. And it was like on some bestseller lists and stuff. And yeah, but you can buy your way onto those. You Ugh. actually literally have to buy your way onto you, yeah. your Times bestseller list. Ugh. People don't know that, but you have yeah. to do all this paid stuff to get on a New York Times bestseller oh, yes. list. It's not based on how many copies of a book you sell. Or if oh. people like it. Yeah. Oh. I say that only because there are so many self-published, um, especially I'm going to say romance writers uh -huh. and stuff that have sold way more than some of the oh, yeah. people that are on the New York Times best-selling list, but they don't put themselves through that thing. That's a whole other tangent. I'm not going to oh. use your podcast. But it's just like the Oscars and the Grammys and like huh. the movies and stuff that always win. You've never fucking heard of the movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the same damn thing. Like, yeah. Well, you know, again, you have to nominate yourself for an award. You, 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 they don't just go, wow, let's look at all the movies that come out, review them and pick the people we thought were awesome. No, you have to put your name in the hat. If you don't have the money to put your name in the hat, your name is not going in the hat. And that's why you have all these independent films that have some of the most brilliant acting and writing and yeah that never know. go and then don't get me started about the fact that comedy actors can never go for best actor but i think some of the hardest work is comedy actors we can go on a tangent we're not going to do that on joyce's yes. podcast okay because i could we'll go on a tangent just saying some we'll do a people, side cast. some people in the book club like that book and i was like <laughs> anyway well you know it, you, you, you hit a nail on the head though. It's not everybody's going to like every single book. Like, you know, you wrote a book about a baseball player. Yeah. Some people can get into it from a biography standpoint. Like I personally love biographies, for instance. Right. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what the person's doing, if the biography is well-written, I'm into it. But a lot of people would be like, no, oh, fucking baseball, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you gotta be a baseball player. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll be a fan, which there are millions. So you're very lucky. And that yeah. means to get out on that, that, that length of rope. I don't know. I just made that up. That's terrible. Okay. I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, what is your favorite book that has been turned into a movie or a TV show that you think they did a good job with it? Oh, I, I, I have to say To Kill a Mockingbird. Love that movie. Yes. Have fun. Have it on DVD, watch it periodically. Yeah. They did do a good job with that. Yeah. I agree. But that's back when they read the books before they decided to write. And I found out something. This this heart, this podcast is turning all kinds of weird. I, love it. I, I found out that people do not have, was it Jonathan Mayberry? I think Jonathan Mayberry was talking about this, but that of some people will opt and buy the book without reading the fucking book uh, somebody will go hey you should do a, a movie about the book denial 
Oh. And they'll buy it. That's when I see our books. And they'll Duh. just buy the rights to it. They won't actually read it, or somebody will tell them the synopsis, and they'll go write the screenplay, the screenplay without even ever reading it. Without ever reading the book. That's why you always make sure you have movie rights. Anybody listening, you have to make sure you have creative liberty rights with anything that you sell to anybody. Because I was actually, this is, it's similar. I was watching the show Castle. Has anybody ever seen that? Yeah. Okay, so he went and, and, yeah, yes. His, his, you know, Nikki, he got turned into a movie. He went through and he was talking to the actress and he was like, so what'd you think of the book? And she's like, oh, I've never read it. I don't think they, the writers have either. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> like, how are you going to do justice to something if you haven't read it? But like Erica said, a lot of times they they don't. They just see that something is popular and they go on, like they're cheating on their 10th grade paper and they Google a synopsis of it and they write a movie. And off they go. Yeah. And then that's how they end up not even coming close to anything in the plot lines because they didn't actually and you can't get everything in a book in a movie like i we get it we get it we get it but you can tell that they didn't silver linings playbook read the actual fucking book before they decided to do this so there's that adding characters he you know when i were a hero that was was almost hostile I feel like there was some volatile energy there that you just rained. Oh my God. It, it happens to be one of the ones that I just go, why? You it didn't add it. to the movie. It didn't add to the story. I get the whole thing, but like Robert De Niro as the dad doesn't talk in the book at all. Oh. <laughs> Not one word. He talked a lot in the movie. Yes. He talked a lot in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is happening anyway okay that i i nah nah i can get very very okay cr ask a question this has become a very very explosive podcast like we can't combative what are we working with but we but we like it we like it yes it's emotional that's what that's what draws people in yeah if you could be any main character of any book you've ever read, but you have to live their life story, what would it be? Or who would it be? Hmm. Um, so, so I read uh, a lot of books by this English um, UK author. Her name is Lucy Dillon. And she writes books with dogs in them. So, of course, I like that. And so she wrote this book called uh, 100 Pieces of Me. And the the main character was Gina. And Gina had a greyhound. So, of course, I loved her. (laughs) But she so she broke up with her um, with her husband and she had to take a hundred, she, she decided she was gonna take a hundred things out of the house when she moved to her new house. And um, the, it was just very poignant and um, I, would, I would wanna be her. I would wanna take my love letters, my um, 
husband's box of wine. My husband, my husband's yeah. case, my his his refrigerator full of wine. I'd want to take um, some <laughs> certain pieces of artwork, and that you know that and and so the story is all you know about kind of backstories of why that was important to her and things like that. So that's who I would want to be. I know it's not some current um, famous sexy person, but I would be it doesn't her. have to be a current famous <laughs> no. sexy person. So who would you want to be your sidekick? Oh, you mean from a book? Yeah. Yep. From a book. Hmm. Boy, um, boy, how, how about, um, Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's? Oh, how, how about if I had her for my sidekick? I'd be the emotional one and she'd be like, come on, Joyce, you're, you're, get your divorced and let's go and let's go to to stay out all night in new york city <laughs> you know that's those are not bad choices those are not bad choices staying out late in new york city isn't a bad choice do you no, know their crime rate hey <laughs> i do hang out late in new york city when i'm there yeah you have to it's i am five foot never, three okay do you know what happens to people like me I get oh, right over. So you need to hang out with me when you're in New or York me. City. <laughs> or I'm me. I'm six Come feet on. tall. Me Most too. people are intimidated by me. Will High you... five, Joyce. There you go. <laughs> you go with the two of us and we can stay out all night. <laughs> Perfect. Starting <laughs> like rock stars. Do you listen to music when you write? No. I'm a gotta have quiet kind of person. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I know. I, I need it noisy. I have and I think noise. I think that probably came from, you know, when I worked at the um, physics laboratory because I had to really concentrate and um, not screw up. And so I we, we didn't listen to music there. And so it kind of carried over. And I like to listen to music, but just not when I'm writing. That makes sense. Do your kids read your book? Um, my son read it and I don't think my daughter read it. Um, and a funny thing, because my daughter's an English teacher and she reads about, I don't know, 300 books a month or something, but I don't think, <laughs> but I don't think she read it yet. And my son just recently read it. So did your daughter help you edit it all if she's an English teacher? She, she did not, but my niece who um, is an editor, um, she, she edited that book. Oh, that's very sweet of your niece. Yeah, it was, uh, we, I, I'm very much a barterer and I barter for things. Now bartering is the way to go. always exchange. That's what I say, regardless yes. if you have a family member or not, you have to exchange with them for doing work. I was talking to a yeah. friend of mine last night and I was getting two of his books it's Mark Muncy. He he writes uh, like um, he goes down for things like Mothman. He looks into Mothman and where it came from and stuff and like different um, cryptids and, you know, uh -huh. but true stories. And he did, uh -huh. he's done a bunch in Florida, but he did one called Creepy or Freaky, Ap Freaky or Creepy Appalachia. He's hmm. going to kill me for not having that I right. Think it was <laughs> Is it creepy or freaky? Creepy. 
She's going she's to gonna Google so that Mark can't kill me when I say this. But I was talking to him and I'm like, hey, because I have a friend that loves that. So I love his books, but I have a friend that is obsessed with these kind of tales. Okay. And she saw that it, it's getting released, but he had a couple of early copies. And I'm like, yeah. hey, can I get some copies? He's like, yeah, I'll just send them to you. And I'm like, no, no. It's eerie. Eerie, eerie, eerie okay, Appalachia. That sounds better, eerie Appalachia. I think it. I thought eerie was something else. Yeah, because he has an eerie Florida. That's why he does. Why I I, anyways, who knows? Because he is eerie, creepy, and freaky Florida. So I wasn't sure where he went with the Appalachia, but he. Anyway, he's uh, that's coming out, and he was like, "Yeah, send it." And I'm like, "The hell you're just sending them to me? Like, I'm gonna buy them. So, how much are they? It took." literally like five minutes of arguing to get the price of the damn books nah. and i'm like i'm just gonna look it up on google so just tell me how much it is. yeah i you like know? i like to barter for um services so my niece needed me to go with her to new york city because she and so i went with her to new york city and she said she'd pay all my expenses and i said no i'll pay my own expenses but will you edit my book and she so there you go and we we bartered I so, like it. Yeah. I like the bartering system. Chels? I I mean, my editor, I'm fairly certain, has heart attacks every day. Yeah, um, well, there's so, that, but I was talking about questions. <laughs> it's your um, turn. What is your favorite weird food combination? Weird food combinations? Yes, yes that may be okay. something you eat that not a lot of people do. Okay, well, I'll tell you... Um, Again, my husband likes wine and he also likes to cook. So Ooh. I don't cook, I eat. And I'll eat just about anything. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid and I was growing up outside of Pittsburgh, that's where I grew up, they would put French fries on everything. French oh yeah, my husband's from French Pittsburgh. Okay, French fries yeah. on sandwiches. So when salads. I think weird, weird on salads, when I think a weird food convert con, you know, that's what comes to mind is like, oh, you know, like growing up, I'm people would dip French fries in their milkshakes, like gravy. Yes. Gravy fries. Gravy. Yeah. French fries with everything. <laughs> so that's the weird, weird combination. But I've eaten a lot of weird things like. Like what? ostrich and oh um yeah it's very chalky it tastes like chalky meat um what else octopus and all different kinds of seafood and the only thing i draw the line at is lamb i don't i don't like to eat lamb but pretty much anything else that he puts in front of me um i eat it wow <laughs> All right. Okay. So what, about, what is on your anti-bucket list? Something you have done but will never do again. Oh, anti-bucket list. Um, boy. I, well, I've been to, we went to the Grand Canyon. I probably wouldn't do that again. But I was just thinking um, my some friends of ours just went to Peru to Machu Machu Picu or whatever that mountain is that Machu Picchu 
yeah in where the you know you climb up to the top and i was thinking i i wouldn't i don't want to do that like that was something that was on their bucket list and that that's like i don't i don't want to do i don't i don't want to go to antarctica i don't want to go there um if i have a chance to go on vacation you know i'm picking new york city that's where i want to go i want to see broadway shows i want to go to museums i want to eat out at good restaurants and um so that's what i always pick so i've done a couple of the things that like people say like go to vegas i've done that i i wouldn't do it again there are shows in vegas there are shows in vegas um i saw rock of ages in vegas and um also, Storm Cruise. and also good uh and good, Mama Mia. Good, rest, good restaurants in Vegas too. But if See, I'm going to do pick. Broadway, I don't do musicals. I don't know. Well, I saw The Glass Menagerie with Jessica Ling and Gretchen oh, Slater on Broadway. That would have been wonderful. wonderful. It was amazing. And the guy, Josh something, I forget his name, who was in Sweet Home Alabama and played her husband. Oh, yes. So all three of them were in Glass Menagerie. <laughs> wow. Brilliant. That would brilliant have been and i got to see molly so ringwald in sweet charity huh it's not boring it's so boring first of all nobody sings everywhere they go in their daily life which makes me i, I do i think you're doing so much judgment you have no idea i was singing <laughs> while getting a pedicure today and they thought i was weird i thought this so was my no judgment <laughs> Oh, no, we never said that. No, that's oh. right. There is completely a judgment zone here. Welcome to having CR as a co host. Yeah. So, my husband loves musicals. Corey absolutely loves them. He made me sit one day and watch Phantom of the Opera, and I swear oh. to Jesus, God, whoever, oh. I was going to fucking kill myself. Oh. If I had to sit through one more song i was just oh. i'm not that person i can't do it and he's like isn't it amazing and i'm like no <laughs> no it's not he was like but it was one of those weird things where like i tell him all the time if you want to watch it cool just let me know and i will plan my day accordingly and you'll go, I will go out i will do something else it's just it's not for me i can only yeah. and it's four hours long <laughs> okay it is like long i love having a tragic number of emotions regarding this musical i can't do musicals they they it makes what? me uncomfortable what it's about a very rent? weird rent is fabulous no. oh come I on i think it comes from i had when i was in like third grade i had a teacher who was obsessed with musicals i think i watched west side story once a week for my entire school year and oh. it just killed me. And it was like, we didn't have in front. Like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. You, don't, you, walk, you don't walk around. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. No. Starting gang fights for no reason over a chick. Like, <laughs> empires fall for girls. Leave girls alone. Just walk away. Like, just, I can't do it. No. That's it's my favorite fun. with the Romeo and Juliet. It's not a romance. It's, it's, not, a, it's not it's a what is that a 13 and a 14 year old getting together yes. for, and six people die over three days like that's not a romance it's a teenage meltdown is what it is <laughs> like you have hormones going everywhere and all you really want to do is get laid and instead you massacre people yeah you know you are um we're gonna move on to another question okay <laughs> very that's what we're gonna do NBA. And I'm going to uh, 
steal one of Chelsea's questions because I, whatever, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, so what supernatural creature would you be? Oh my gosh. Supernatural creature. That's a good one. Because I don't even know. Like a dragon or a a harpy or a something like okay, that. If, if you're good, that those are so cool. different. <laughs> yeah, but which kind of dragon or which kind of harpy would you be? There's so <laughs> many different options. See, and, and uh, boy, I just I don't even know. I I couldn't even pick one. Okay, so now we have pick to. Pick one for me that you think now that you know me, uh, physicist. Uh, let's see, I I could maybe do some kinds of spells. I don't know, maybe um, do dog trainer. A druid. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say druid elemental. Druid. You would have to be something like that, something more down to earth. Okay, yeah. a druid is. Um... They tend to have, well, at least in the fantastical realms, um, they tend to be one with nature that animals okay. kind of like that whole communicate, vibe. Communicate. They can have animal companions, but they tend to work nature spells. Oh, okay. And they tend to be healers. Oh. I know you don't like that part because you're cryogenically freeze people, but you could at least use your powers for evil then. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Or you could be a necromancer. I mean, I suppose that's another option for you. No, I think the druid's better. Yeah, I just, I you don't get one. a lot of animals in the necromancy field because, no, no. yeah, you end up, did CR freeze? Because yeah. she's got kind of a look on her face of, all right, well, hopefully she'll come back in here in a second. You gotta love, you gotta come love back. the internet. Oh, oh yep, she's gonna have she's to bounce back in. Yeah, she'll bounce back in. It's the internet. That's how that happens. Or I horribly offended her with my druid comment, one of the two, but it's fine either way. Um, so what about, what do you read? What do you like to read? I love to read um, stories about um, artists and art um, kind of um, like the girl with the pearl earring, Tracy Chevalier you know, where she goes and examines Vermeer's life based on this one painting. And there's another author, Susan Vreeland, she's dead now, but she, um, she used to write um, about, like she wrote a book called The Boating Party, which was about Renoir and um, his, how, when he painted The Boating Party and what was going on in his life and at the time that he wrote it. And um, she wrote Hyacinth Blue, which was also about Vermeer. Uh, I just think it's just cool to take those historical people and then find some um, mechanism to kind of build the story around. That makes sense. Now that you're retired and probably have way more time for reading, do you have guilty pleasure reading, meaning stuff that is just absolutely not requiring you to overthink things um not really because um because again you know i 
told you I'm in this book club. So we read uh, one book every month and they pick it. Well, we, we vote on it, but usually, you know, it's, um, so, so we get, I get a lot of different kind of books that then, and um, so I don't, you know, I usually, I pick the, the historical fiction ones that I want to read and um, stick with those. That makes sense. Um, well, it turns out CR for the records, internet crashed. So that's why she did oh, no. a lovely podcast. So oh. let me think of the great, oh, if you um, found a million dollars, just found it, you're walking through um, the forest for some reason, although, you know, cause you're a druid and you came upon, this is one of her questions and I'm sure I'm ask, ask, asking it horribly. Ooh, I love drinking. Um, what would you do? Um, I, I have um, actually thought about this because I, um, you know, do walk my dog every day and I walk him all over the place. And I always think, what if I came, uh, you know, on a bag of money, <laughs> some drug dealer that stashed some money somewhere and I just happened to come upon it. Um, uh, I I would probably um, keep it. <laughs> I don't think that's probably. a bad option. I mean, I think depending on the situation, it's one thing if you watch somebody drop their wallet and you take the money out of it. Yeah, exactly. But if you're in the middle of nowhere exactly. and so, there's just a bag of cash, more than likely, mm -hmm. A, it's been gained through nefarious purposes. Uh-huh. You know? And, 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 and we're and, keeping it. Yeah, no, I would. What would you do with it? And I'd probably... Um, I'd probably do something for my kids with it, you know, even though, you know, I'd probably help them buy a house or something if I had that much money. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I like it. Yeah. Well, Joyce, you have been an absolute delight to have on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an enjoyable evening. I am so glad. Hold up your book one more time and do some shameless self-promotion. Okay, so it's um, Joe Harris, The Moon, and um, you can get it on my website, www.joyceamiller.com. You have to use the A because there's another Joyce Miller, so it's joyceamiller.com, and it's also available wherever you buy books. Um, any indie bookstore can order it. And um, it's at the, all the big, big guys too. And I also have a memoir coming out in June called Look You're Dancing. I cannot wait dog dancing. I swear, I'm really excited about that book, Dog Dancing. I learned so many things today on the podcast. You have been so much fun. This has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor is Skunk Brothers Spirits. DWA10 is the coupon code. Please hit like and subscribe. Oh my God, I remembered that finally. <laughs> I never say that. And I, okay. And uh, my co-host, until her internet died, was C.R. Bryce. I appreciate her. And she's presently cursing at the interwebs. And our amazing guest, guest has been Joyce A. Miller. We will see you guys next time.